You're now listening to the Deep Edge Podcast with your host, technology expert, Ray Moda, giving you the rundown on telecom, cloud, and all things business and tech. This is the Deep Edge Podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello. This is Ray Moda, and welcome to this podcast. One of the things that we see is that to stay competitive, most companies are in this digital transformation journey of modernizing their system to improve customer service. And for most of the part of that transformation, it means that they need to exploit the benefits of cloud-native applications, whether they're bought through AWS, Microsoft Azure, or Google Cloud. In this podcast, we have Michael Malley, who's Senior Vice President of Seneca Global, and we're going to be discussing optimizing the cloud for digital transformation. Hey, Mike, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Thanks for uh, having me, Ray. I appreciate it. No, no, it's an honor to have you. Now, now Mike, you've been in, in networking and telecom for, for many years. What is it that you're doing now? So what I'm doing now is I'm the SVP of Sales and Marketing for Seneca Global, and we're a company that does uh, software development and applications as turnkey for tech companies. And we've been doing a lot of work these days, particularly around cloud-native applications. Excellent, because that's a hot topic. I've just spent a, a lot of time talking about cloud native. And one of the things I think that would be good, Mike, is because of your experience and stuff, you know, it's about what do you see as some of the benefits of, of cloud native application? There's so much talking about in different use cases, but overall, what is your view on it? Yeah, I mean, when you look at cloud native applications today, right, there's a couple of things that are really valuable. Uh, And one is just the efficiency that cloud native applications give you, you know, the ability to take that application and especially with all of the talk, as as you're well aware right now around moving those applications out to the edge, making those applications very efficient and being able to run simultaneously on hundreds or maybe thousands of edges around the world becomes critically important. And then that ability to move that application around. Uh, depending on where they need to move it for the particular customer becomes critically important. So I think that combined with this idea of putting the application where it's closest to the customer to reduce latency becomes critically important. And we have customers like Intelligent, that's a customer I'll talk about today, that's in the area of emergency managed services uh, that pushes that application out very close to their customer in emerging markets uh, so that they can actually notify, you know, in partnership with local governments, uh, notify about emergencies and uh, give critical secu- you know, safety information to their customer base to tell them when there might be a hurricane or a flood or a first person shooter activity or something to keep them safe and kind of break through all that noise, but do it in a way that's very efficient for the network. And doing it away with very, very low latency, especially when you're talking about an application like that when lives are at risk. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't get more realistic than that about latencies and the impact on slowing it down. So that's actually a, a perfect example on on the use case. Now, one of the things that I um, I also hear associated on top of cloud native application is leveraging, you know, the power of these microservices. Um, what are your views on that? Yeah, that's a really important area, right? If you look at some of the research that's come out recently, 
you can see that, you know, maybe 30% of the cost of applications that are up in the public cloud today are waste. And this is really because the first generation of applications, what they, you know, what companies predominantly did was they took whatever that existing application was and did what's called lift and shift, right? They basically just moved it and hosted it up in the public cloud. And so it hasn't really been architected to run efficiently there. And so microservices become critically important because you effectively take that application apart and you break it into all the component pieces within the application. And then you optimize each of those pieces themselves to make sure that they're running very efficiently and that that you have good communication flow between all of those different, uh, different services. And by breaking them down independently, now you can make each of those very, very efficient instead of just one big monolithic ap- application. And so it saves a lot of that waste and makes it much more cost effective uh, and much more higher quality to run because now you're really designing the application to run in the environment that you're, that you're hosting it in instead of having a legacy application that was designed for something else that you're now moving up to the cloud and you may have inefficiencies there you may have stability problems. You may have other unintended consequences because it really wasn't designed for that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's related to the whole DevOps concept about it where you're able to break up these applications and be able to solve these issues much quicker, which I think, which is great because that's the the problem in the past, the turnaround time on some of the, the development. But you mentioned something interesting, which I want to go further on is quality. Right. We yeah. we see a lot of discussions about disaggregation and the bifurcation of the hardware and software and a lot of companies that myself and you are used to working with. Right. Talking about becoming more in transition into software. But there isn't a lot of talk about the quality of it. Uh, what are your thoughts on it about not compromising software quality as you transition to this disaggregation world? Well, this becomes really important, Ray. I mean, you and I have talked about this a lot in the past, right? As you move to this digital experience where the only way that customers interact with your brand is through your software, right? The the quality of your software really takes on even more importance because it does represent your brand uh, to the customers. And so if you're doing, again, let's take the intelligent example. If you're doing emergency services, right? The the quality of that app and how well it does in terms of saving lives and keeping people safe, you know, that's how people value the brand and and value the service that you're delivering. And so now when you take that application and you redesign it for for microservices and you effectively now break it apart and you take each of those pieces now and you may host it in different places and you have you know, communication protocols that have to uh, go between all of the different pieces of your application, it makes the application much more complex, but it also makes the software quality much more complex. Now you have to make sure that each of those independent pieces of software all run very well, and that all of your communication and coordination between all of them always runs perfectly all the time. And so this becomes, you know, I, I think is one of the most underreported stories in this microservices piece, which is we're making our software much more complex to run more efficiently, but we're also then creating this uh, potential for problems 
because again, we've made our software much more complex to run it efficiently. And if there are errors, the errors can be very severe and much more noticeable by your customers. So I think this is a case where in order to get the efficiency advantages that we want, we need to keep in mind that again, that that digital experience, the way the customer experiences the software becomes critically important because that truly does represent the product that, that represents your business and poor software quality turns into a poor uh, a poor relationship with your customer and customer churn and, and people fundamentally view your company as poor quality. Yeah, and that's not that's not a good sign because it's tough to recover, you know, from that particular piece. And 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 you look at the opex. Some people get so caught up on uh, the capex expense up front for it, but you look at the opex to support poor quality application just goes out of the roof there now. No, it absolutely it absolutely does. I mean, you and I have looked at studies of this before, right? right? When we're looking at telcos and things like that, and we're looking at customer churn, right? Mm-hmm. And you know from the modeling we've done in the past, what customer, you know, what happens to customer churn and the cost of acquisition for customers when you have poor quality. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we keep track, as you know, we do a lot of the business cases and we keep track of not only average revenue per customer, but average profitability <laughs> per customer as well. So it impacts your profit. So I agree, um, you know, with that piece. Now, one other part that I'm seeing is uh, I'm seeing from an application point of view, about 95 plus applications are, are being what we call cloud enabled. Maybe that percent is even higher, right? But mm-hmm. but yeah. what are your thoughts on creating uh, cloud scalability plan as you develop these applications and move to, to this cloud world? Well, I think as you move to the cloud world, right, you get those efficiencies uh, as we talked about, right, from breaking it down into microservices. But I think the other piece that you have to keep in mind, because it can be a great advantage to your business, is you have to have a plan for how this, this application now is going to scale in the cloud. And that's an area where uh, we do a lot of work, where we have a lot of uh, tech companies that come to us effectively with a prototype or a minimum viable product, right, an MVP. Uh, that they talk about that can support, say, a hundred or a thousand users. And now in the cloud world, now you have to think about how is this application going to still run when now it's hosted in the cloud and accessible globally. And now you need to support a million or tens of millions or hundreds of millions simultaneous sessions. Right. And so this is an area I think that's that's critically important. Because as we get more and more of this kind of globally interconnected world, and the cloud is certainly helping us to achieve that, you need to think about and have the, the architecture in place to really scale that application up. And so we've had, met, you know, they talk about scaling it up and scaling it out, right, where you could support more simultaneous users in more places around the globe simultaneously and keep track of all of that. And I think this is, you know, becomes critically important. Let, let's take intelligent one more time. Uh, you know, they're an example in emergency communications where they're really targeting developing markets. And so they've gone forward and, and they've done a rollout in Latin America and that's gone very well for them. And now they're continuing that rollout through Latin America, but now they're at, uh, adding emerging markets in Africa and emerging markets in Asia. And so 
for a lot of these business cases and new business opportunities, you really need to think about how is this application going to function now when I'm not talking about one instance in a POC, right, that's running with a thousand or 10,000 users, but how is this application going to run now where it's hosted in 10 or 20 or 50 different sites around the globe and there are, you know, tens or hundreds of millions of users simultaneously. So it gives you great power to access all of those consumers or all of those businesses worldwide, but it's kind of analogous to the, uh, to the quality discussion. You need to have that level of scalability in order to provide a good customer experience to those customers all around the globe, because by definition of the cloud, now anyone can access it. Right. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense, right? Making the application agnostic of location, agnostic of device, I think is we're moving to, especially after the craziness we had last year with the pandemic, you want agnostic access there. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, one thing uh, maybe also is when we talk about is that, um, you know, it's leveraging this power of analytics where customers want to have right visibility and control and a level of intelligence. And some use it for a variety of things for either cost optimization, right, uh, yeah. uh, or or value to the customer where they're give, able to give them insight uh, into things that they normally don't see or a revenue opportunity. What are, what are your thoughts on, on uh, analytics in this whole process? Well, I think this is, I think you and I probably both agree, right, this is the area for the biggest long-term benefit for whether we're talking about service providers or we're talking about tech companies, right? This is really the long-term benefits of moving these things into the cloud is to leverage that power of analytics. Because as you said, right, that now uh, using AI and machine learning algorithms, now you can harness that application that's hosted in the cloud, run all of these algorithms on it, and you can gain a lot of insights. And so what we see is we see customers kind of dividing those insights into two areas. One is insights about their customers. And as you said, that can turn into new revenue streams because oftentimes those insights and analytics can be sold back to their customers. You know, let me tell you, let me help you understand how you use my application and how you can better take advantage of that. But it also gives them great information about uh, it gives them great information about their customer base and how that customer base, you know, accesses the application, right? You know, the the great, um, you know, the great example that I think about this is I was reading a, a book the other day and it was talking about the starting story of Instagram and how Instagram initially was a SaaS model cloud hosted application that let you do 5, 10, 15 different things, Right allowed people to check in with their friends, post their weekend plans, share photos, do all of these things. And basically by using the power of big data analytics, Instagram came to the conclusion that even though their platform had all of these bells and whistles, at the end of the day, 90% of the customers only wanted to do one thing and that was share photos, right? And because they had that, that insight into their customer and how their customer used their application, you know, they didn't spend, you know, all of this time and effort, you know, uh, enhancing feature sets for these other uh, these other features that customers really didn't use. And they really just focused on being a great platform for sharing photos. Right. 
And there's a gr- there's a great example of a company using the power of analytics to further their business. And yeah. so I think you know there's a lot of examples of that where it's really going to help uh, you know software developers and companies understand how their customers are using their applications and enabling them to fine tune that as well as getting all of those internal metrics to make sure that the application is running well and, you know, looking for alarming and scale and stability problems and all of those things. So kind of internal network information for them to better understand how to optimize the application. But then all of these customer demographics and customer information about how the customer actually uses the application and what do customers want to do with it that really helps them both monetize it, as you said, give them new revenue streams, but also really fine tune it to give it the best experience they possibly can. Yeah, no, I think that's excellent because uh, we have a survey part of our business to try to answer those questions for the customers. But with this, you can get your own insight deeper. I mean, that that Instagram uh, example, it's it's a perfect example. So so maybe, Mike, we can close with uh, a little bit about who your target customers, right? And and, and just summarizing, and, and we'll close with that. Yeah, I think from a target customer standpoint, I mean, as as we've seen in the marketplace, right, I think the last report I read said that there are about 2 million unfilled software engineering jobs in the U.S. right now, many of them in the tech industry. So wow. where, we're, where we're really focused is we're focused on helping companies right now that just can't find the skills to close that gap. We're helping them with very senior people to, to handle complex problems like the ones we talked about today and really helping them take, you know, what might be a prototype or might be a legacy application or might be a new business idea that they just can't find people to work on it and really take that and give them the cutting edge skills that they need to do things like microservices, to get into SaaS model applications to leverage the power of analytics to give them the opportunity to accelerate their ROI and to get into new application areas like this where fundamentally right now there's just a skills gap and a skills shortage in the US and we're really helping companies deal with that. Yeah, no, this is great and and hopefully um you'll be able to join us again with a cuz I love that intelligence example uh, and give us some other examples. So thanks for joining Mike. Oh, I'd be happy to. Thanks, Ray, for having me today. I enjoyed it. You got it. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Deep Edge Podcast. Make sure to follow Ray Moda on Twitter and LinkedIn at rmoda. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. Want even more? Head over to acgcc.com to access exclusive bonus content. Till next time.